If you're not healthy and in a good space, both mentally and physically, you cannot give the best of yourself to your client. Welcome to the Biology of Business, where we talk about the anatomy and physiology of a business so you can apply your clinical reasoning skills to your business reasoning and create a healthy, sustainable, impactful and profitable clinic. I hope you enjoy listening and subscribe. Welcome to today's podcast. I've got the pleasure of being joined by Paul Wilson, who's a hypnotist and coach. And Paul's joined us today to focus on how we can tackle overwhelm and how we can break down the enormous tasks and the enormous number of to-dos that we perhaps have into small bite-sized pieces that actually get done and deliver you an outcome. So welcome, Paul. Thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure, Kate. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. I was just observing that the weather in Folkestone was perhaps a little brighter than in Windermere. It's got bare arms and I'm on three-quarter sleeves, almost ready for autumn. Well, it's very hot and very muggy. The sun's disappeared for the day, but it's still really, really uncomfortably warm. So that's why I'm in a vest. Ready for a good thunderstorm. Absolutely. Can't wait. They're <laughs> scheduled for tomorrow, apparently, three o'clock. Oh, so Paul, would you like to just explain to the listeners a little bit more about what it is that you do and how you help people? Okay, well, I am a hypnotist and a coach. And basically what I do is I help particularly professionals to achieve rock solid confidence and eliminate what I call the root cause of things like anxiety, imposter syndrome, procrastination, overwhelm, and perfectionism. Imagine you cut your hand, yeah? You put a plaster over it or a Band-Aid. That Band-Aid is just a temporary cover until our skin does its magic and heals itself. It doesn't actually fix the problem, it just covers it. And so much of what we do to try and remedy our issues are just the equivalent of putting a Band-Aid over it. The actual root cause, the thing that's causing the problem is still there. All we're doing is just taking some tablets or going for walks or meditating, whatever, but it doesn't actually limit it. And I help people find that root cause and just get rid of it so they can let go of the baggage and get on with having fun. Wonderful. With that in mind, one of the very common things that a clinic owners face is an overwhelm with the amount that they feel they have to do and an ever-growing task list and to-do list. What is often the root cause of overwhelm? It is literally thinking that you have to do it all at once and a lack of direction and a lack of focus. Imagine we've all seen these record-breaking pizza-making competitions where they have these ginormous pans and they're cooking it outside. There's a dozen chefs and making this massive pizza. It's literally, like it's bigger than a car kind of thing, okay? Once that pizza's cooked, could one person eat that all at once? Not a chance. Not a chance, not even in a week. You'd, if one person was gonna eat that pizza, they'd have to cut it up into tiny, tiny little pieces put most of it in the fridge and then just eat one piece at a time if they could manage without getting bored. And this is what we need to do when we're feeling overwhelmed. We need to think, okay, I've got all of this. Do I need to do it? That's one question a lot of people don't ask themselves is, okay, I need to do this, 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 this. Oh my God, there's that and that and that. And I still got to see clients. Okay, well, which bit do you absolutely have to do? See clients. Yeah, absolutely. Tick that box. And then you go down your list and you as the clinic owner, what do you actually have to do? 
and then you okay well i've listed the four things i absolutely have to do well the rest of it two questions one does it actually need to be done or do you just think it needs to be done if it doesn't need to be done get rid of it ditch it off your list second thing okay it needs to be done by someone but not by me okay well pay somebody to do it you know go to if it's a kind of a simple job go to fiverr and get somebody off fiverr to do it if it's something that needs doing every wednesday for four hours hire yourself a va we have to remember that when we talk about multitasking yeah great but we never do any of those tasks at the same level of quality all of them are going to be done over at a lower quality if we did just one of them yeah so we try and do 10 things at once and yeah you can get all 10 things done but there'll be a three out of 10 rather than a nine or 10 out of 10 whereas if you just went okay let me bin nine of those things and just focus on this one thing i need to do today that'll be a 10 out of 10. and there are many things that people try to do or that we all try to do that we aren't necessarily the most skilled at as well and perhaps don't even have the ability, the, the, the best ability to do. For example, bookkeeping. Most of us are probably far better at sourcing our bookkeeping to a bookkeeper than trying to do it ourselves. The biggest issue is money. People think, oh, I've got to pay this person £20 an hour, just a random number. Ask yourself this question. How much is your time worth per hour? Again, let's just have some really nice round numbers. Let's say you work 10 hours a day and you make a thousand pounds a day. So that's a hundred pounds an hour. Yeah, nice round number. If you've got to do a task that is valued at 20 pounds an hour, why are you doing it? Because you're losing 80 pounds every time you do that 20 pounds an hour task. For example, office cleaning. You can probably get somebody for, I don't know, say 20 pounds an hour. Why are you cleaning your office? when you could be doing a hundred pound task. You, this is what we need to think about. A lot of people are not prepared to face that fact that their time is worth X. Is the task I need to do of an equal or higher value? If it's not, farm it out. So people are perhaps getting overwhelmed, partly because they've got things in their to-do list that don't need to be done at all, mm -hmm. deleted, and then they're not valuing their expertise and their time and attributing the remaining tasks accordingly in terms of doing what they are the most skilled to do there in their zone of genius and being prepared to pay to, for the right person to do the other tasks that they need doing because they are valuing themselves sufficiently to know that's not where their expertise lie. Somebody else can do the job better and they're then free to do what they're good at and get a 10 out of 10 for it rather than a 3 out of 10 for it. Is yeah. that the gist? Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. Use, do the task that you are valued your time, you value your time for. So if you're a hundred pound an hour person, don't do any task that isn't worth a hundred pounds an hour. Farm that out to somebody else. Because while you're paying somebody 20 pounds to clean your office, you can be doing the thing you do for the hundred pounds an offer. Yeah. So with regards to where to start, when you feel like you've got this overwhelming to-do list and this overwhelming task list, the first thing is going through it with you describing with a marker pen and scratching out everything that doesn't actually. Uh, no, <laughs> this is going to be completely counter to what anybody else will tell you. Good. Go for a walk. 
exactly. Yeah. Put, put that list down and go for a walk. Clear your head, breathe, and chill out for. You'd have to go for hours, just 15 minutes round the block. Get out of your office, clear your mind, just chill out, relax, nice deep breaths, and then come back, sit down, and ask yourself, okay, which of the hundred pound an hour tasks? Okay, there's four of those. I can do two today. The other two will get done tomorrow. The rest, I can either bin them or give them to somebody else to do. Yeah, brilliant. Super. And so one of the other things then that comes up is figuring out how to organize time. So if the person's got, oh, they've got themselves perhaps feeling less overwhelmed, perhaps they're clear in terms of a few tasks that they can readily outsource and are comfortable with that cost for the perhaps the cleaning and the bookkeeping to begin with, for example. And they've got then a few meaty tasks left that they feel that they want to execute or should execute alongside seeing their clients. How do people then best go around organizing their time to be able to ensure completion of the task? Okay, so let's just assume that the biggest, most important task is seeing your clients. And again, let's just say you've got five clients today and that leaves you three hours free interspersed among those five clients. If you've got 30 minutes free, find a task that you can do in 30 minutes. If your tasks are bigger than 30 minutes, say each task is going to take you 90 minutes, then slice it and take a 30-minute tranche out of that first task and do that 30 minutes. Then go and see your client, and then once you finish with your client, do the rest of it. But the most important thing is, just like when you're seeing your client, you turn your phone off, you stay away from your computer, you become distraction-free, you must do the same thing when you're doing the task. Make yourself distraction-free. This way, you focus on one thing, and you get the task done to a, a nine or 10 out of 10. So you're making an appointment in those gaps in your diary. You're making an appointment with your business to do whatever it is you need to do to treat the health of your business in that time. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Treat each block in between clients as an appointment. If you're going to a dentist or if you were somebody else's client, you would make, you would keep that appointment. You, you wouldn't just blow it off. It's the same for your business. Make that appointment and go to that appointment, do the thing, and then finish it within the time lot you've allocated. And does it help, Paul, if you've already done the thinking the day before or even the week before? So, for example, unless it's a new client, you pretty well know where you're going to be going on the next session with them in their appointment. And so does it help if with your business, your appointments with your business, you've already organized or thought through your business treatment plan, for example, to know what it is you're aiming to do in that half hour. So the thinking is done and you're not sort of faffing around for 10 minutes thinking, well, I've got half an hour, what shall I do? Exactly. It's a really good point, Kate. Your thinking must be an appointment. So for example, Friday afternoon is your last day of work. Make that last hour or whatever time you need you're thinking for next week. Okay, next week I've got task A, task B, task C. They must be done next week. So block out your calendar for those three tasks. And then if you need to do any kind of prep, that is also including your thinking time. You make notes, you can use a voice recorder, whatever you like, and have that ready so that when you go to your first appointment to do task A, You've got the notes handy and you can go straight into it because there's nothing worse than giving yourself an hour to do a task 
and then you spend 20 minutes trying to find the notes associated with that task. Yeah, so you've done your preparation. There was a book I was reading recently by a particular fitness coach, and he was describing that each training session, what is done in each training session, each fitness training session, strength training session, is already determined by where you finished on your last session. So whatever weights you could lift last time, well, then next week, you're going to try and do a little bit more with a bit more weight. So you don't have to waste any time thinking when you turn up at the gym, you turn up and it's already been predetermined what you're going to be doing. Yeah, absolutely right. There, You must be ready for that task because if you've got to spend half an hour thinking about the task, then you're, you've eaten into your one hour appointment. That only leaves you half an hour and that puts you back for the rest of the week. So allocate thinking time, allocate prep time. Whenever you allocate them, it's up to you. It's your calendar, but make sure you, you put that time in your diary so that when it comes to Wednesday at 3.30 for that 90-minute task, you can just dive straight in and get on with it. So you're focused and not distracting. You just get on and do that task. It makes your life a lot simpler, a lot less hassle, and a lot less overwhelm. And so then bit by bit, this ginormous pizza gets eaten. A little like that phrase, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? It's how you're going to eat this pizza. Well, it's exactly the same thing. You have to look at your business as a series of tasks that need to be accomplished. And the most important factor is you must value your time. I say that's a given. If you don't value your time, how can you know if it's worthwhile you doing a task? That's really important factors. And I'm guessing that for most people listening to this, they're going to be, it's going to be the client focus that is their highest revenue earner. So X per hour. So any task that is less than X per hour, give it to somebody else to do, because you are more valuable doing your face to face with the client time, not sitting there trying to figure out your bookkeeping or how to do a bit of tech to sort your diary out, to talk to some other piece of tech. Get somebody else to do it. Wonderful. So for those clinic owners, just to summarize, that perhaps listening and feeling totally overwhelmed, what you're describing is overwhelm is this sense of feeling like you have to do it all yourself and you have to do it all right now, such as eating the most ginormous 12-foot pizza, and you've got to recognize that that's simply not possible. Absolutely, yeah. Look at your business. You're, you are your business. And one thing we haven't discussed is the physical and mental consequence of not dealing with overwhelm. You feel tired, irritable, run down, headaches, pissed off, angry, upset, every emotion you want to think of, because that's what happens when you start to feel overwhelmed. When you start to feel overwhelmed, guess what? How much you do? Nothing. Yeah. It gets piled up and piled up. So you still see your clients, but you spend the rest of the time worrying about being overwhelmed. So all the stuff that has to be done starts getting added to this pile. And you look at the pile and then you get yourself even more overwhelmed. So you have to stop, take a breath and value your time. Look at the tasks. Look at what you absolutely have to do. The rest, ask yourself, does it need to be done? If yes, get somebody else to do it. If no, bin it. And make appointments, treat each appointment like you were going to see a client. And you're absolutely right to bring up the consequences of not dealing with this situation in terms of what the knock-on effects of all those negative emotions are on yourself and your own health 
and also the impact of that on your relationship with your clients, the relationship with your friends, your family, and that everything can start to spiral out of control. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Do you want to go into your treatment room in a grumpy, foul, horrible mood? There's this poor, innocent client lying on your treatment bed thinking, oh, yeah, you're going to get some really good treatment today. I'm going to come out feeling really great after this session. And you're going to go, and you grab that poor client and you start ripping them into shreds and they're screaming and shouting and crying, let me go, get off me, because you let yourself get overwhelmed. Think of your clients. Do you want to give your clients 10 out of 10 service? I'm sure you do. Well, the only way to do that is to look after yourself first. So I'm sure you look after yourselves physically, you eat well, exercise, all that kind of stuff. But upstairs, the mental side of things, take control of your life and your time and your work, and you'll be able to treat your clients better, make more money and feel better yourself. I think that's always a really brilliant point that you've brought up there, Paul, how clients are coming to us with ill health and wanting us to help them with their health. But we have to be in a place where we are healthy ourselves to be able to do that because if we're the one in need of lying on the couch then are we really the best practitioner for them to be coming and seeing no you're not i'm saying this with a smile on my face but seriously you've got to think about this if you want to be the best at what you do in your area you have to take care of yourself and that means your physical health your mental health and your business and once you have those three aligned your clients will know I, I don't know how this works, but we give off information, whether that's body language, whether that's our tone of voice, whether that's how we look and smile and stuff. So people know when you're in a bad place. People know when you've had a bad morning. People know when you're feeling really tight. Yeah, They can sense this somehow. So if you're going to see your clients feeling like that, guess what? They ain't coming back. They ain't going to come back. They want to go in to see someone who's going to help them from a place where they are calm and relaxed and healthy themselves. It's like the old cliche of going in to see a doctor who's got an ashtray full of fag ends, yeah, and he's sitting there smoking a fag. I know you can't do that now, but in the old days, yeah, and he'd go, right, you need to stop smoking while he, you know he's smoking a fag. No, you have to be the exemplar, the example. You have to set the standard. So your clients can go, oh my, wow, look at her. She's amazing. Yeah? Really fit, healthy, glowing, nice smile and feel, I come in here, there's a really nice vibe. I know I'm going to get a really good treatment. So I'm going to get helped properly by this person. Now picture that again, somebody who's feeling like really grumpy. They're looking really down, they're pale. They're, yeah. That client's going to go, bloody hell, you've had a bad morning. I'm not coming to you again. So think about this. Overwhelm overarches into everything if you let it. Don't let it control you. You take control of it and deal with things, get it sorted. And if your cup is so full, you have no capacity for your clients. You don't have the capacity to hear them fully, to hold the space for them. Yeah, absolutely. If you're, yeah, that's a great analogy. If you're not in a good space, you cannot give a good service. Mm. And no matter how you try to mask that, with a fake smile, and, hey, good morning, Paul, how are you doing, kind of thing, the client will know. They'll know something's off. They'll know that you're not feeling good, you're not right. And they'll know that when they come out of that, and there's a lot of psychology involved in this, because if you're not right, 
the client's probably not going to feel right either. Even though you might give them an eight out of 10 service, they're still going to know that actually, I still feel a bit when they come out because you've not been in a good space. Like you just said, Kate, that your cup is too full to be able to give yourself to that client. It sounds very woo-woo, but it's not. It, this is actual fact. If you're not healthy and in a good space, both mentally and physically, you cannot give your the best of yourself to your client. Yeah, and even though over time we all learn to have a, a somehow some invisible boundary line where we don't take on the client's problems, we still have to be able to hear them out and have capacity to listen to them, which if we're too full, we simply don't have. No, absolutely right. If your brain is going, oh my God, when I finish this client, I've got to do X, Y, or Z, then you're not even paying attention to what your client's saying to you. You're not using your full capacity, your senses, your sense of touch and all that kind of stuff to actually feel what's going on with your client because your mind is too full of other stuff. Your cup is full. And so if your cup is full, you cannot feel what's going on with your client. And it's the same in my business. I go through, I'm not going to call it a routine because that gives it too grandiose, but I go through a very, very simple little thing before I go with a client and I just, I call it leaving the ego at the door. I actually sit down because I see most of my clients online and I look at my door and I say to myself, right, ego, go and get a cup of coffee. I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, I know you can't leave your ego at the door, but it's a meta, it's a metaphysical thing. It's a metaphor for me to say, right, Paul, you need to focus now on your client. And so Paul's ego goes for a walk, goes and gets a cup of coffee, and then comes back when I finished. And that's my little process so that I can be there for my client. Because if I'm trying to think, well, I want to go for a record today. I want to break this thing in 10 minutes, or I'm going to get a really good breakthrough. The client's going to do this, that, and the other. And I'm going to ask this question. If I do that, I'm focusing on me. And I can't help the client if I'm focusing on me. And it's just the same. If you're overwhelmed, oh my God, I'm going to stay till 10 o'clock. So I've got the bookkeeping to do. And I've got to sort out the cleaning channel, this and this and this and this and this and this. How can you help your client when you're not even focusing on them? Thank you, Paul. Thank my you. pleasure. Thank you very much. So just before we go, please, can you tell us, I've been meaning to ask you this for a long time and I keep forgetting. Your friend on your left. Oh, that's Fred, the phrenology head. In the mid to late 1800s, phrenology was an actual science. They thought that by looking at the, feeling the bumps on your head and the location of the bumps on your head, they could tell, you know, your, your skills, your attributes, your feelings, all kinds of garbage. And until some real scientists came along and completely proved this to be hokum, yeah, complete bunkum. And so Fred, I've always wanted one of these, but I could only find the little kind of mug size thing, but I wanted a proper one. And so this is Fred, he sits with me, he's my mate, and you know, reflecting group and knowing faculties and someone literally observing. So this is what they used to say. So if you had a bump here, you were doing this. And if you had a bump there, but it's, it's nothing, it's completely and totally irrelevant. So now Fred, he looks after my headphones because these are really cool headphones, yeah? Like waiting for a replacement ear things. Ah, well, nice to meet you, Fred. <laughs> I'll pop a summary of Paul's key points in the notes below. And Paul, just before we go, how can people contact you or reach out to you if they would like to hear more from you? Carrier pigeon. Send a carrier pigeon, put your phone number and address on all those little pocket things and let the pigeon go. It will find me. Otherwise, you can go to social media, 
of Paul Wilson, hypnotist and coach on LinkedIn and well, other places too. I'll pop the link in the notes below. Thank you very much for your time, Paul. My pleasure. Good day, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you grow your practice for free. Firstly, grab a copy of how to create a super successful practice plan at markinsmethod.com forward slash grow. And whilst you're there, you can watch the free training to help you tackle the common problems clinic owners just like you face. Thirdly, at marklandsmethod.com forward slash grow, you can sign up for my free newsletter where I send out weekly hints, tips, and links to podcasts and other resources that you might find helpful and inspiring to grow your practice. And finally, please leave a five-star review so I can access more influential guests and speakers and bring their lessons back to you here. I have something really special to offer you. I'm going to be running live in-person workshop. This event will give us an opportunity to meet one another. And during the workshop, I'm going to go through the seven fundamentals of practice profit planning. You're going to understand what it is that your clients really value about what you do so that you can make them an offer and trade your clinical expertise for an income, which means that you have a profitable practice that's sustainable and take home pay for yours and your family's financial security. You'll get an opportunity to meet other like-minded clinic owners. I'm limiting the numbers because I want to make sure that you leave having had an awesome experience and with a complete plan. So click the link below and you'll find the details and I look forward to seeing you there.